I'm A.J. Hoffman with a special version of the sports betting headlines for Wednesday. The NFL division odds are released. We'll discuss who's too high, who's too low. The Nets get potential good news on Kyrie Irving, but when? And we have a full slate of college basketball tonight. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more with me and RJ today. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, RJ Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. Not quite, but you heard it. This is Straight Out of Vegas. I'm A.J. Hoffman, live in Las Vegas, live on a Wednesday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. He is the founder, the CEO of Pregame.com, as well as your everyday host of Straight Out of Vegas, the voice of Vegas, Mr. R.J. Bell. R.J., how are you? I got to be honest. I It took me a lot to withhold not jumping in there. I don't like not leading the show, but this is what... This is what we promised you yesterday with your, let's just say criticisms, passive aggressiveness, oh, maybe (laughs) this topic sounds better, maybe this topic sounds better. I said, we're going to start having occasionally, we'll see what the fans think, an A.J. Hoffman executive produced show. He is the lead. This is like a bizarro universe that the roles are reversed. Now, now, is there in, is yeah. there any possibility that at some point in the show you say enough? Like, do we need to have a safe word? No, because <laughs> here's the beauty of it is the worse it is, if it is, and I don't think it will be actually, but if it is, the more I can have my thumb on you from here on. So I'll, uh, just, I'll let the disaster play out. I do have, but I don't think it will be a disaster. So I, I think you're always way. thinking on the third level is what's I going on. I win either way. I win either way. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. I don't like the way you began the show. Oh, do tell. You should have led with that I'm here because the reality is there's going to be a certain contingent. We don't know how big. Studies have yet to really unveil that when they hear your voice lead, they just turn off the radio. Ah. And, and I'm thinking if you say now they're going to hear about this maybe great show and they're going to say, how did I admit? How did RJ say that? He wasn't on. AJ was on. So. If this ever happens again, put that as a lead. Like the very lead? like Yes, yes, R- yes. It's, I'm RJ, so, but don't, or I'm AJ. Don't worry, though. RJ's here. Okay. I, get, I, I tried to do it a little smoother way, but I guess that way. Next time I can just say, RJ's here, but I'm going to do something first. I'm AJ Hoff. Like, yeah, I'll do it like that. Just don't turn the dot. Di- exactly. Okay. Uh, let's, let's use the Vegas lead today. The NFL division odds being released. And I really want to take a look at how this season's odds compare to last season's. And this is, you know, when when we talk about looking at the NFL season, we it's always comparing apples to apples. Hopefully, and but oftentimes it's hard to do that. With these opening odds, we get exactly what's happened from this time last year to to this time now. Okay, the, the, so I think you're making a good point, but let's clarify is. What you're saying is fundamentally teams change 
some change a lot, some change a little. Tampa Bay, for example, between the Super Bowl and the next year didn't change very much at all. And your thinking is, hey, if we look at the odds, opening division odds, compare them to the assumptions at the end of last year, then we can say, huh, this is the pricing change due to the changes. Like New Orleans has a new coach or whatever. So we're going to identify the big moves and say what caused them and see if we agree with them. Is that is that fair to say? That's exactly what I'm looking at awesome. here. And of the eight divisions, there are five teams that are favored versus the field, which means they have a minus money. Uh, there, That means there are three divisions where there are plus money across the board. Now, I want to ask you, as the Vegas expert, what's the the hold like on bets like these? Are these bad bets for the betters? Okay, so the standard bet in sports betting, as most listeners know, because some listeners listen for the money, some listen to no more than their buddies, but they're all pretty much aware, hey, minus 110, minus 110, that's the typical VIG when you want to lay a spread, you know, spread is Super Bowl. Let's uh, minus what, what, what was the Super Bowl spread this year? I'm having a mental block. Uh, Rams it, ended up four. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It fell to four, right? Yeah. So Rams were four. I, I'm just trying to block out that the Rams won, to be honest. The Rams <laughs> by four. But if you wanted to bet, bet the Rams, it was minus four, minus one ten. If you took the dog plus four, minus one ten, that's a twenty cent straddle. That's about a five percent hold, a little less than five percent hold. Now. In a typical future bet like the Super Bowl, all right, Super Bowl futures, the hold can be 30, 40% in that range. Now, some books are more, you know, less uh, egregious in the hold they take, but most aren't. And, and what's the difference? Why would it be, you know, eight times as much upwards as 5% versus 40? It's because it's not obvious what the hold is. Because if you have, let's say, four possible teams, as we have to win a division, and if you put every team at even money, yeah, that would look kind of funny. But in truth, the hold there would be gigantic, right? If you put every team at six to one, it would actually be where there's a positive, you know, pool, which they, they, they would never do. So where they calibrate that in future pools, in division pools, is not as obvious. But the more teams there are, the less obvious it is. So typically with the whole league in a pool like the win a title, they're going to have a higher vid because it's harder to see it versus four teams because you're going to eyeball and say, well, three to one would be right if all these teams were even. Think about that. If there's no vig and we were just flipping coins to win the division, each of the four teams would be 3-2-1. And, th- and that means three teams would lose, one team would win, it would be exactly break-even. Well, they're not going to give you 3-1. to one. The amount they give you is going to be less than that, and it's more obvious with four teams than it is with 30 or 32, and thus there's going to be less VIG than the future pools like the Super Bowl, but more VIG than minus 110, minus 110. So when you look at these odds, they're obviously you're, you know who some of the, the big movers are going to be. We talked about Cincinnati being uh, one of the, the biggest long shots preseason to make it to a Super Bowl. Joe Burrow mania sweeping the nation. The Bengals, the biggest mover in the odds. Before 2021, they were 22 to 1 to win their division. <laughs> now they are plus 150. The and favorites they're, they're better in the than AFC 22, North. They're better than 22 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. The Bengals. Yeah, they were that was 22 to 1 to, to win their division last year. The Ravens take a drop obviously. They were plus 120 last year, plus 200 now. The Browns 
plus 200 last year. They're plus 310 now. The biggest dropper, though, the your Pittsburgh Steelers. They were plus 260 a year ago, plus 700 this year. Is this an overreaction to what we saw from the Bengals in 2021? Almost certainly. The only question is, how big of an overreaction? We're talking about we know it's a mistake. How big of a mistake is it? I would make the following case. One, those odds tell us, and do me a favor, just read the odds uh, of just this year's odds right now, and this is just released to win the AFC North. Bengals plus 150, the favorites. Ravens 2-1. to one. Browns plus 310. Steelers 7-1. to one. So three teams clustered, Steelers last. First thing I see there is Big Ben was considered valuable because otherwise, what part of this team is really all that different? T.J. Watt signed. Yeah, the key, you know, Najee Harris still on a rookie deal, obviously, year two. This is a big statement about Mason Rudolph. It's a statement about Big Ben, even though his 18th year was still valuable in the eyes of Vegas. Even though I'm not sure how true that was, that's what the market thought. Number two, what I see is a Bengals team that, Easily could have missed the playoffs. I mean, we forget that. I mean, it was if, if in fact, McKenzie, see if you can pull up because we do the week to week. Like there was a point the Bengals to win the division, uh, even in week 15, 16, would have been pretty significant underdogs. I think they won a obviously week 18. They sat. But I'm thinking back even in week 15, even 16, it wasn't a sure thing. It wasn't close to a sure thing since he would make the playoffs or win the division. And then it's a couple of games, right? Remember the KC game in which they could have easily lost the first time around, <laughs> down by 14, right? And then they had, if I recall, was it the, I think it was the Ravens again, and maybe that was flipped. I think it was Ravens, then KC. And listen, the Ravens are as beat up as any team in memory last year they were, as beat up as any team in memory. So to me, right away, if, I, if you tell me fade one, team and back one team, bet one team. I'm betting the Ravens. I'm fading the Bengals. And it's almost a perfect storm because the Bengals were so differently valued now because of the uh, run at the end of the year. And the Ravens were so affected by injuries. Injuries are something that obviously reverses itself for the next year. And the Bengals winning streak, there's nothing about it other than a little experience that necessarily crosses over to the next year. Yeah, the top four cap hits for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, Ronnie Stanley, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, all missed significant time in 2021. So I'm with you. I, I think the, the values on the, the Bengals are out of whack. I think the Ravens, you're getting real value. The Steelers is the, the interesting question to me because it, one of two things has to be true. Either Because we all know Ben was a bottom five quarterback by QBR, I'm PFF. Not sure. well, okay, QBR. But let's just say Big Ben. Would, I mean, the market said otherwise. Let's And just out of respect now because he's retired, so it's, it's all good <laughs> Us any money. Let's say he was a uh, low twenties. Okay, so well, here's my question then: Were they overvalued last year at plus two sixty, or are they undervalued right now? Because I, I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is worth, you know, forty four forty four cents. That doesn't no, make sense no. to me. Okay, so one thing right off the go: Pittsburgh is one of the most popular teams in the NFL. So there's going to be a bias toward people are going to default to thinking the Steelers are really good. Now, don't forget Tomlin had never had a losing season, still doesn't. That was a big narrative in the offseason. 
So in a weird way, if you were a skeptic of the Browns, no one was really thinking Bengals, right? So if you were a skeptic of the Browns entering last year and a skeptic, or maybe you weren't even, you were neutral on the Browns, but a skeptic of the Lamar and the Ravens, hey, Pittsburgh was a viable bet. Remember, the year before they were 11-0. And off that 11-0, they made the playoffs. So the idea that pretty much everyone returned except the O-line for Pittsburgh, and it's not as if the O-line is something the public cares all that much about, even though it really matters. So it, it, Pittsburgh, the, the glory of the Steelers and that 11-0 and still having Big Ben, getting Najee Harris, a lot of people like a big-name running back, I think it was a perfect storm of optimism. And listen, the regular betters were pro-Pittsburgh entering the year last year, and the Sharps and the analytics guys were so anti-Pittsburgh. They got so mad when the Steelers made the playoffs. They were angry about it because they were so staked that, oh, Pittsburgh's going to regress massively. So I don't think – I think they were, in hindsight, overvalued last year, and maybe last year should have been 100 cents worse, and now the adjustment, losing Big Ben and stuff, makes a little sense. But again, Big Ben's brand is bigger than his reality on the field. So I so think maybe, they were overvalued last year because of Big Ben, and, and this year I'm not sure they're undervalued, maybe more properly valued without him. Okay, that, that makes some sense. A couple teams that you would have expected to be bigger movers, and the one that I expected to be the biggest mover only moved 57 cents. Last year, the Tampa Bay Bucks minus 162. They opened this year minus 105. So they are a favorite against the field to win the NFC South, even right, so without Tom talk, Brady. Let's talk about that a second. So what that means is, forgetting the VIG for a second, is they have a better than 50% chance to win. So whenever you hear these minus monies, it's the market saying it's better than a coin flip that this team's going to win. Right, and 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 that's uh, that's there. Like I said, most of the divisions run that way. We just mentioned the AFC North being one of the divisions where there's enough parity that it doesn't happen to be that way. But the, and the closest one to that didn't make the cut is the NFC South because minus 105. They're not a huge favorite, but still, are you surprised to see them as a minus money favorite given the uncertainty at the quarterback position? Okay, so this is an example of how betting so early is different than betting. Once the, the the rosters are set, except for if a guy quits on his team like Andrew Luck. But usually <laughs> it's a situation where a couple of weeks before the season, no one's going to retire unexpectedly, especially a franchise quarterback. And that's your handicapping based on, you know, maybe you don't know who's going to make the, the roster at the third string tight end or whatever, but it doesn't affect things. You know who the teams are, right? Right now we don't. How many quarterbacks are we uncertain of starting quarterback jobs? Eight, nine? So if you're betting those teams, what you have to do is say, okay. And and a lot of people ask me, the most common question I get, AJ, on a non-gambling show, on a more general interest show, is how can you bet something if you don't know the facts of it? How could you bet the Steelers one way or the other if you don't know who's going to start a quarterback? And that's an easy answer is the possibilities need to be considered. There needs to be odds put on the possibilities. And then you need to define or price the teams at each of those possibilities. So let's go back to, let's look at Tampa Bay, for example, because we're looking ahead now to that, is there's a real chance at Tampa Bay, because they had a ready-made roster for Brady to go another run at it, that an Andrew, or I'm sorry, not Andrew Luck, but, uh, but a, uh, any of the big names quarterbacks, I mean, Russell Wilson, for example, uh, whoever, I mean, you might say, well, the Packers won't trade in division or in conference, but you know what? 
Do we know that for sure? So a team like Tampa is being priced in two ways. One way is they have to get a scrap heap quarterback or an average at best quarterback. And if so, these odds go way down, uh, worsen. And if they get a big name, Aaron Rodgers, for example, all of a sudden they're going to be where they were when Brady was there. So you got to find that middle ground between the two. And then, then in a way, you're handicapping with Tampa one thing. What's the chance of them getting an A quarterback, an A-plus quarter, or an A quarterback? If you think it's better than what the market thinks, then you bet Tampa only on that. Because the minute that they get that quarterback, the odds are going to be much, much, uh, you know, you're going to get worse odds if you want to play Tampa. Because, hey, you got them when you didn't know you had Aaron Rodgers, for example. So this is really just a, a futures play on how they're going to fill the quarterback role. And I would make the case that Steelers are like that. I actually think 7-1 offers some value because there's a ch- if they get Jimmy G, are they really 7-1? Shouldn't think, be no. no, Wait, no. I mean, if they get Russell Wilson, are they seven? There's no oh, way. No, if they get Russell Wilson, they got to. They're not even going to be. I mean, heck, they might be the favorite to win the division. So, I mean, because think about that. From Mason Rudolph to Russell Wilson, even with him having a bad run, uh, the end of the last two seasons, one could have been injury though. Most recently, is he's probably about six points better than Mason Rudolph. So, if you change a team six points, it goes from the worst team in the division to the best team in the division. Because, I mean, from an average NFL team to the best NFL team is usually seven or eight points. And from the average team to the worst team is usually seven or eight points. And thus, it's about 14 to 16 between the best and the worst. And think about it. When you have a team that is one of the best against one of the worst and it's at home for that good team, the line's what? 16, 17, 18. So that's right. If Pittsburgh moves six points... They got to be uh, near, if not the best team in the division. This is the market saying they don't think Pittsburgh pulls that off. The market now is saying Tampa is like, not know about likely, but has a real chance to pull this off. Because what would the odds be? What were the odds with Tampa last year? Last year, the Bucks were minus 162. Okay, so we're saying there's a 40 some, 50 cent adjustment. Now the question is if the Bucks have an average quarterback, I, I know the division isn't great otherwise. But they can't be much better than plus 200 at that point. So it seems like they're pretty much saying there's a two out of three chance that they're going to get a really good quarterback. I think that's BS. I'm looking to fade Tampa here. And and I think some of this is just the market not really understanding how much Brady means. And, and one last thing is Tampa is going to have an exodus. If they don't have a good quarterback, that won't be the only effect. They won't uh, franchise a certain person, maybe. They won't sign someone that they might have signed. They made a lot of tough financial decisions last year to keep the band together. It will be like a guy that was losing weight for his wedding pictures. And then right when that pictures are taken, he goes to the buffet and unbuckles his belt. And I'm telling you, Tampa Bay is going to unbuckle the wallet or buckle it up if they don't have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Because why pay more? And if they don't get an A quarterback, I think it's not just that effect. It's going to be the residual effect in Tampa. Does that make sense to you, AJ? It, it does make sense. So here's what we're going to do. There's another quarterback who's obviously been talked about the most this offseason, and his implications are actually impacting some teams more than his own. Uh, we'll discuss that on the other side. We are going to take our first break. Now, AJ, but- AJ, I should say this. I've decided I'm striking. I was going to do your reads for you, but I, I don't want to make it any easier on you. So maybe in other I appreciate that. But but since I carried that segment, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> force you to do it. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas. Vegas! 
Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out and I'm A.J. Hoffman. AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road, like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service with over 5,600 locations nationwide. AutoZone's here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. All right, R.J., we were discussing... Oh, hold, on hold on, hold the phone. I got to critique the first segment. I mean, okay. That's what people was interested in. I got one thing to say. <laughs> More a, RJ. A hell of a choice of analyst. I mean, Jesus. Ah. A good analyst can carry a segment like no one's business. couple other things. Do you think it's – I know you're a company man, but – you know, that's an old thing. Like back in the union days, you know, my dad was a union coal miner. And, it, boy, if you want to fight, talk down on the union in that house. And Which I, I didn't. I, I had grew up to the benefit. I understood the pros and cons of it, I think, somewhat. But – he, uh, a company man is someone who is more worried about the bosses liking him. In his, his case, we're talking about FSR, not me. And then, then the fans or the audience. And it's like before the lead of the show even gets to talk, you have to throw a commercial in. Couldn't you let me say something, then do the read? Or are you just that worried about the bosses liking you? I'm just trying to get all the jobs done. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I, don't, I don't want to paint you as a company man, but I think you are. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, and we were discussing the Tampa Bay Bucks and the importance of a quarterback to your your odds for the for the season. The Bucks minus one sixty two uh, last season, minus one oh five to win the NFC South this year. And what we're going to do is we're going to take this. We'll, we'll do a couple divisions a day. So we don't want to get we don't want to make a whole show out of these odds. Well, but I do think there's hold on hold on. Who's executive producer tomorrow? Oh, you are. So I'll decide. Let me think. Okay. Yes, tomorrow we'll do two divisions. Okay, that works <laughs> okay. for me then okay. as well uh, as the executive producer today. Uh, but there's one guy whose name's been kicked around a lot. Maybe he's going to be on a new team. And it started after the odds came out for last season. And that's Aaron Rodgers. And the Green Bay Packers, who were minus 210 to win the NFC North this year, minus 165 this season. So they're minus 45 cents from what they were a year ago. Maybe less than you would expect if they really thought Aaron Rodgers was leaving. The number that jumped off the page to me, though, is the Denver Broncos, who last February were 18 to 1 to win the AFC West. Currently, plus 450. So the second biggest mover, at least in the upward direction, after the Cincinnati Bengals is the Denver Broncos. How much of that plus 450 is baked into, we assume they're going to go for a, a major upgrade at quarterback? Yeah, I think it's Aaron Rodgers alone, really. I mean, who's the quarterback? I mean, we could be surprised, but who's the quarterback that Denver's going to get that moves the needle like that other than Aaron Rodgers, right? Deshaun Watson? Uh, possible, yeah, possible. Again, I, let me ask you, a former Houston guy, uh, you know, over 10 years, uh, drive-time host down there at ESPN, is what are the odds that Deshaun Watson plays next season? Are they better than 50-50? Ooh, 
I think it feels about right, honestly, because it, obviously we're getting closer to his legal stuff getting resolved one way or the other. And I think once it's resolved and we find out what the, the punishment well, is going on. to be. When you say we're getting closer, yeah, we're all getting closer to death, too. But it, hopefully it's <laughs> decades away. So, yeah, I mean, like when you look at the amount of time, first of all, there hasn't even been if there will be any criminal charges and we have no idea if there will be they haven't even been filed yet right they if said that should be announced by april 1st all right but if they are filed the, the court case probably won't even be till the next year they don't do a court case a week later no so if they to whatever degree and i mean you got your ear to the ground down in houston would you say right now the sense is because it's been so long, it's a sign the cops don't think they have enough. Because obviously, when OJ, you know, when that all went down, he was arraigned, or you know, he was uh, arraigned almost immediately where they filed the charge, I guess is the way to say. So it strikes me that this doesn't mean that he's not guilty, but it means that they don't clearly have enough to proceed, or they would for the sake of justice and expediency. Yeah. But I think that is all of that is what's holding up any kind of movement on Deshaun Deshaun Watson. I think Deshaun Watson is ready to play for anyone but the Texans. But it's hard to know what the what the right price is on him until that stuff gets cleared well, I, out. I think it, a lot of people believe it will be impossible to trade for him until this is resolved, which makes it because n- not only would it be so hard to price that, like how if it, let's just say you said there's a fifty percent. How do you price this? Okay, Deshaun Watson's worth three firsts. Let's say if 100% cleared and this hadn't happened. Now, how much reputational uh, hurt has there been? What kind of hit has there been? And that's going to be the case regardless of how this resolves. He will never be like a pitch man. He'll never be like a face of a franchise that you love that he's the face. Because there's always going to linger somewhat. You agree with that? I do. Okay. That's probably small if he's cleared totally. Now, what happens if there's some settlements that are secret? Now, the reputational hits even more, but he's able to play quicker, and this is civilly. Now, what happens if there's a case filed against him, but he's found not guilty? Well, that means next season you're missing, uh, probably, meaning this upcoming season. What happens if he's found guilty? Well, all those chances got to be accounted for. 10% this, 30%. That's too complex. It's, and it looks bad. And tell me if you agree with this. If you went to Deshaun and traded for him like Miami was rumored to be, which I thought was crazy at the time, as I said. But if they had traded for him and they thought they priced the possibilities properly that, hey, we're taking a chance, but we're taking a calculated risk. I still think that team takes a hit for acquiring a player that possibly could be a person that did those things until he's cleared. I don't. I think he's untouchable the, for, for the same reason he didn't play for Houston last year. Is the same reason a team doesn't trade for him until this is resolved. Well, the reason he didn't play for Houston last year is because he refused to. That was his choice. Mm, you think Houston would have let him play? I think they would have. Yeah. Boy, I don't know, Mackenzie. What do you think of that? Would you? If he, what would have been the response if Houston lets Deshaun play last year? A booze across the nation. I don't think they would have done it. Remember, he asked for a trade before any of this stuff came out, so I don't know how that complicates things. Yeah, well, but here's the thing. Obviously, if he was playing... See, that's the catch-22. On one hand, him not playing made it where it wasn't as big as a, a story. So in a way, it might have been better, for, especially getting paid. I mean, imagine player empowerment. that You potentially, allegedly do a lot of bad things. And again, allegedly. And... 
lo and behold, you get to sit out to, to stay, you know, undercover, to stay away from the heat, but you still get paid the same amount. I mean, what a, what a deal. Imagine, AJ, if you like beat someone up and, and because of that, I said, AJ, you got to you got to sit. You can't come to the office. Oh, where should I send your check? Oh, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, who can yeah, I beat be, up? Who can I beat up to get that deal? I, yeah, I, let me tell you, nobody, <laughs> because that w- I would I would have bankrupt the company before I did that, and I don't bankrupt companies, so it wouldn't happen. I mean, it'd be unfortunate. It'd be like a big guy bigger than you show up saying, "I think you're making a mistake." <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let's just look at it from the broad. Let's let's take Deshaun Watson off the table and assume that that number is just Aaron Rodgers. I mean, what? How much? What would it go up if Aaron Rodgers does go to? They're not. Are they going to be favored over the Kansas City Chiefs if the, no. if the Broncos get Rodgers? So, how much could the number jump if they do get Rodgers? Well, here we had a feel for this last year because though those numbers were drastic, that the Denver was a big underdog when these odds were released about a year ago, the same odds about the same time last year. It, soon around the draft, remember, uh, Stink put out that tweet uh, saying, hey, it looks like Denver's going to get him. And there was a mo- massive move at that time where Denver in the win total was seven and a half. Remember, 17 game season, seven and a half. And they went up to nine almost instantly on the Rodgers rumors. We were assuming they thought it was maybe 50-50 at the time. And that's what the market odds were that he would go. So that assumes what? Another game and a half? If they had gotten him. So I think 10 and a half would have been the right number, maybe a 10 and a quarter. So a little less than 10 and a half. Mackenzie, take a second and look at this. Uh, where would 10 in point three, let's say, have ranked last year on the win totals? That would, and, and how's that compared to what KC was? Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell, but I'm A.J. Hoffman. I'm oh. the EP today. Uh, <laughs> so here's the deal. Uh, 10.3 would have been eighth at the start of last season, which is the same as the L.A. Rams. The Chiefs were 12.4, the Bucks 12.0 and the Bills 11.1. Those were your top three entering last year. So those are are broad strokes, but I think those are about right. And that's what I would say is that feels about right, right? Denver with Aaron Rodgers would be pretty much, you know, here's the question. How do you compare Green Bay roster other than Rodgers to Denver? I personally think Denver's a little better. Denver's a better roster, yeah. But I also think the division's much tougher. Sure, and now you've got a coaching question mark with with Green Bay, or excuse me, with Denver that you don't have with Green Bay. So, yeah, and that the the division being better is certainly something that's changed since last year because the Chiefs were minus four hundred to win that division last year, now minus one seventy five. So obviously a bump for the Chargers, a bump for the a massive bump for the Broncos. All right, so to wrap up, what what we're saying here is this: if your quarterback is set. You're handicapping things like how representative was last year, how much cap space do you have, how lucky were you last year. There's a lot of regression, and we'll be talking about that in the offseason. Turnover luck, injury luck, things like that. The Rams were super lucky not to be injured very much this year, that kind of thing. Okay, but if the quarterback's uncertain, you're pretty much handicapping what quarterback they're going to get because that swings things so much. And the market is telling you what it thinks. And it thinks Rodgers is likely coming back, but not much more than 50%. And Denver has some of that. There's like this Rodgers positive equity 
And right now, Green Bay's got about half of it, and Denver has half of it. Let's call it three and a half points each, seven points in total. Once a team is decided, that other team will get three and a half points per game right away once he decides where he's going to go, and the other team's going to drop three and a half points. And that's the math of this, and it really is how these odds are decided. All right, we're going to talk some NBA coming up, but as the EP, I've decided since the tip is at 4 o'clock Pacific time in 20 minutes, I'm going to give out a best bet. And... Uh, well, I tell you, AJ, let me make a call here because okay. we're at the end of this segment. I think we, we break right now, and then the first thing when we come back, so people, you know, you better stay tuned. You've got a best bet coming. That's All right, that, that's coming up next, but first, he's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is straight out of Vegas. Okay, I am the B chair today. AJ's strutting his stuff. I think response has been good. And again, I think you got the right analyst. Oh. But that helps. We're switching analyst roles here because we have specialties, and I love that. College basketball, a specialty of AJ, that is ramping up. I mean, we'll get four or five games left in regular seasons, et cetera. You've got a best bet that goes at 7 Eastern. Yeah, I do. It's Iowa State minus five hosting West Virginia. I'm probably going to be fading West Virginia the rest of the way, particularly on the road. Bob Huggins has publicly questioned his team's effort, and I saw nothing to sway me in the TCU game over the weekend. West Virginia won the first matchup. It's actually their only win in the last 12 games. They shot 50% from three that game. They shoot 32% on the season and they had 31 defensive rebounds despite the fact that they rank 351st nationally in defensive rebounding rate. I think they regressed to the mean in this one. They've only won one game away from West Virginia this season and this would be Iowa State's worst loss of the season and it would drop them onto the bubble convo. Iowa State a good home team as well so I'm looking Iowa State minus five hosting West Virginia for my best bet tonight. Okay, so part of your handicap was if this team lost the game, it'd be their worst loss. So it won't it happen. Be, it would be their worst loss of the season, and they're fighting for they're fighting for a tournament spot, which West Virginia is not. Okay, so you're saying to lose this kind of game would take a lack of focus for the most part, and yes. you can expect focus. And Iowa State's not a team who's running away with the Big Twelve. They need every win they can get to make sure that they're not a bubble team. Now I grew up in Ohio. Let's get that straight. O H I O. But <laughs> Ohio's next to West Virginia. And, and amazingly, I was about, ooh, about 150 yards from the river, so I could see West Virginia from my back porch. I don't like that, but it's true. It's, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, again, my sister, on her, she was born in Wheeling, West Virginia, right across the river. I was born in Ohio. <clears throat> and on her passport, it says it doesn't have uh, the city. It just has the state and the country. Oh. So it says West Virginia, U- USA or whatever. She hated that. She hated <laughs> It's funny. But, <laughs> but here's the thing I know about Morgantown is, especially in college basketball, AJ, and tell me if you have any insight into this. It's, and I know this game's away, but it shows you the advantage West Virginia has at home. It's a tough travel spot. 
like where the air, where the airport is and flying in and the driving. It, it's a real kind of difficult trip. Are you aware of that? I am. I, I worked at, in Austin when, uh, you know, when West Virginia came into the Big 12 and even the, the football road trip. It's, it's not an easy place to get to. And for basketball purposes, Ken Palm's website ranks home court advantage. West Virginia with a 4.7 home court advantage. That's the second best in Division One. Wow. Now that's a good stat. Now that's backing up an observation from my back porch with some numbers. Now, other things. Literally you heard- from your back porch. Yes. And, and here's the thing is. Well, I couldn't see Morgantown. You know, it was, there was a basketball coach in high school that uh, coached in West Virginia a long time, and he coached for, you know, our team. And he said, uh, he said, whenever there'd be a small town in West Virginia, like uh, Moundsville, he'd be like, you can't get there from here. <laughs> that, that was his line. You can't get there from here. Now, that's an issue. If you think about that, that's almost like a Zen statement. You got to think on that one. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Executive producer AJ Hoffman for this show alone, only, ever. Um, now, you were talking about shooting. So what I gather about college basketball is that, you know, they talk about the NBA. It's a make-or-miss league. That if the team's making their shots, they win. If they're missing them, they lose. That's not the case as much in college basketball. But if a team makes a lot more than they should or they typically do or they make many less, fewer than they typically do, that can swing games. What I heard in your handicap was first matchup, you had the West Virginia advantage at home, uh, which is bigger than people think. And also they shot the lights out. Other team didn't. And it felt quirky that like, if you just assumed an average performance, this wasn't that. And thus you're making that adjustment, too. Is that a fair way to think about it? That is. And the reason why I say that West Virginia is the 268th best three point shooting team in the country. Iowa State's the 11th best three-point shooting defense. So for West Virginia to have a day like that was a massive anomaly. I like this play. And so make it a fair, or I guess you did, but say it one more time, please. Iowa State minus five hosting West Virginia. Now, gambling-wise, and it's good we're talking some theory of college basketball because, I listen, I am no purist of college basketball, though I have won a lot of money in the tournaments over the years. Ooh. That's been very successful. But what I'll say is we like to shift, you know, focus on the NBA, college basketball, during March Madness. So those two and NFL offseason, that's a, you know, it's funny. A lot of shows struggle, especially if they're football only. Well, one of the decisions that I made, what you bringing you in, and again, it was a no-brainer. I mean, honestly, because of the talent and, the, and, and he's, a, as you probably get a hint, he's a good man too. So it's a, you know, but it wasn't just this, but it was a bonus. That and a great spe- executive producer. Well, that is my decision. You'll see in the formal <laughs> write-up. But what I will say, the critique, uh, let's just say uh, hope for a B. But you are an expert at college basketball, and I'm not. And, and to me, I'm looking forward to the uh march madness but let me ask you we got about 20 seconds gonzaga are they yes or no do they win it this year i'll say yes i think they are even better than they were a year ago it doesn't look like it on paper but chet holmgren is a a force that is is very difficult for anybody to deal with one of the best three-point shooters in the in the country and one of the best shot blockers how often do you find that combo he's just a he's going to be a problem for everybody that they match up with all right we'll be covering that and all of it in the conference tournaments too so stay tuned yeah if you missed any of today's show including our discussion of the opening division odds and we're going to get into that more as the week goes on. You can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. The rest of the week will be a little bit different when I'm not executively producing. Uh, We're going to be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. RJ back in the A-chair, back in the executive producer seat as well. 
He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas, back tomorrow, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas!